This is the Detroit Sports Podcast Network. Welcome into the Doc and Jock Wrestling Podcast. This is episode 60. 60 of these bad boys. We've got a jam-packed show for you today. We've got a ton of news and notes. WWE is kicking around an idea for the ladies, reaching into their bag of tricks for what they used to do with the men. Uh, some news on Big Cass. Also, some news with Cody Rhodes in WWE. Of course, this is a, uh, a go-home show week. So uh, we've got our tables, ladders, and chairs predictions. Of course, we're going to cover SmackDown as well as Raw. And doing with me, doing it with me as always is the one, the only. He is the Doc, John Macaroon. What's up, Cuz? The Emperor of Tomorrow sitting in the chair. <laughs> I was like, what's he going to do with this one? Nice work. I like it. The I fat like it. Joey Styles is sitting in the chair. <laughs> that was the best comment I've ever heard. Even better. Those just were having a serious conversation about it, too. They're like, dude's been eating a bunch of sandwiches. My God. <laughs> what was that? Was that on Twitter or was that on Facebook? Uh, YouTube. It was on YouTube? It was on the video, a well-received video of me interviewing Big Cass. And I am not, like, obviously, I'm kind of, like, relaxed and my gut's hanging out. But I am thinner as a result of that interview. I am about 10 pounds thinner than that. And uh, they're like, damn, is that Joey Styles? He got fat. And I'm like, yeah, man, that's, that's, that's what I like. The funny thing is I went back, I looked at it, and I was like, you do look like a chubby Joey Styles. Yeah, I do look like a yeah, – exactly. <laughs> the wife could co-sign that. Oh, it was great. Oh, that's so great. If you guys didn't get a chance to see that interview – uh, John had the the ability to go and sit down, interview Big Cass. This happened what back in September, maybe October. Mm-hmm. So you can find that on our YouTube channel. So go check that out. <laughs> Looking like the chubby Joey Styles. Oh, so great. Uh, man, let's start with Raw. Can we start with Raw? Let's start with Raw. A better show, but still kind still of lacking. Yeah, it's better than it was in recent weeks. But I did like some of the wrestling. I liked some of the improvements in the promos. Here's the problem with Raw in terms of where it's at right now. The negatives and the cons far away the positives. Yes. And you look at it and you go, the women's division is, needs to be highlighted by... The women's division can only be as good as its weakest link. And when you got Nia Jax and Tamina, who's really putting on some bad matches, Dude. it's really bad. It brings down a whole show. And so you look at it and you go, it's a, it's a world wrestling entertainment. The entertainment was a little bit better. But the wrestling in terms of some of the matches, oh, my God. God. Like, like, why do you tune in? You tune in for the wrestling. Some movesets, yeah, action, stuff like that. And and I love how you foreshadowed what we're going to discuss here. All right, so we opened up Raw with a a shoot promo by Seth Rollins where he calls out the job that Baron Corbin is doing and tells him that Raw has sucked since he's taken over as commissioner, which is factual. It, it It has been freaking brutal. So I love this. I thought this was awesome. This leads to Seth Rollins goading Baron Corbin into a tables, ladders, and chairs match later on in the night. I thought this was great. I thought this was awesome. 
It was a little bit long, but I thought it was good. We then have a handicapped tag match between AOP and Bobby Roode and Chad Gable for the Raw tag belts. Totally shocked by this match. I was too. This was a solid match. Um, it, it was nothing special, but we did get new champions with Bobby Roode when he pins Drake Maverick to become the new Raw Tag Team Champions. I thought this was good. I thought the match, like I said, was, was, was solid. It was nothing special. It was nothing great. But it was a good match and blew my mind that we already took the belts off of AOP. Were you, you were shocked by this as well, I'm assuming. Well, we've all talked about it, how the tag team division has been underutilized and basically been mm-hmm. rendered mute and useless. And then you kind of have AOP, who should be the champions. They are probably the best tag team. But unfortunately, you've kind of went the gimmick route with their manager. And you go, uh, okay. And then you got this other team. You got, uh, you know, Bobby Roode. And you go, well, well, that guy's been basically underutilized for so many years. But Chad Gable, that guy's been a former tag team champ. And it's just the timing of it that was a little bit weird. I like the it move. It was weird. It's weird timing. It's kind of like giving a belt to a team that really needed it. But you go not at the expense of AOP. You could have had AOP dominate for another five months or so, maybe have this go on and maybe and extend the feud out to the Rumble or things like that. It just feels like for the title to change hands on Raw continues to further diminish the tag belt. And unfortunately, you know, having Bobby Roode and Chad Gable have it, it just doesn't seem to have the, the spark. I like it. I like the move. It's just the way in which it went down. You could have did it on a much bigger scale. Right. I, I agree Make with it you meaningful. Right. Make it meaningful. It, like, it, at this point, it makes me feel like next week, AOP is going to take the belt back off Exa- Bobby Roode exactly. and Chad Gable. And I think maybe that's one way you could set up the feud if you want to have the next setup for Roode be Chad Gable and have some matches. Right. Yeah, you could see that happening. Like, at some point, Bobby Roode does have to turn heel, right? He's <laughs> yeah. a better heel than he is Yes, yes. Uh, this was all followed by, for me, a pee break. Um, we yeah. had Natty and Ruby Riot. Now, I love Ruby Riot. Natty, I'm kind of... she she Nat, Natty is... She is, she's like the most average, right? Like, she's decent at everything, but she's not exceptional at anything. So this was just a pee break for me. They had a little promo going back and forth to set up their tables, ladders, and chairs match. it did provide something that upset a lot of people was to have Ruby Riot say, I'm going to put you through this table, and they show a table with Jim Neidhart on it. And it's kind of crazy to do it that way, to put the deceased dad in a promo. But, but this is uh, what WWE does. I didn't like it. I think it was a th- thumbs-down idea. WWE is, is, is great, very tasteless when they do these things. Great idea. Poor to approve it. It just that, but that's WWE. Uh, this was followed by a very good match, very very good. It was very physical. Uh, we had Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler tangling. Uh, McIntyre ends up beating Ziggler by pinfall, but how we got there was pretty crazy. There was a spot where Ziggler looked like he might have separated and dislocated his shoulder uh, when he was basically put through the mat by by uh, uh, Drew McIntyre. In the end, McIntyre steals the win with a Claymore kick and then continues to pound Dolph after the bell. I thought this was an exceptional match. This is one that will will go into the hopper for match of the week. This was a great match. Now, some people that critiqued the match said, look, you kind of established Dolph Ziggler by having him win last week, mm-hmm. then to turn it around real quickly this week and I have him lose. I thought for sure he was going to get the win when he had that, uh, he had that zigzag from out of nowhere. I thought for sure he was going to get the win, and we we're going to continue this, but again... WWE and 50-50 booking. Exactly. And so I think that it kind of diminishes Dolph Ziggler's push, too, because that dude was doing good Mm -hmm. with the likes of Drew McIntyre. But to have him lose this match kind of makes you wonder what is the direction now going forward for Dolph. Where where do you put him? What does he need to do? 
I ex- exactly. I, I think if he could have got another win here, this sets up nicely for Drew McIntyre for his next opponent after he gets done with Finn Balor. You know what I'm saying? It, this is now the guy who you're looking to take out because he's gotten two, three wins over you. And whether they're fluky or not, they're still wins. And it drives uh, a guy like Drew McIntyre more insane and just enrages him even more. It's a way you could build his character. But WWE drops the ball. Uh, we had Bailey beating Alicia Fox by pinfall. This sets up a mixed match challenge with Apollo Crews and Bailey for his gender and Alicia Fox. It was whatever. We had a Dean Ambrose promo, which was good. And I say that with a question mark at the end. It didn't really move the needle for me. It was what it was. Uh, Leo Rush ends up pinning Elias after Lashley lays out the drifter with the guitar shot to the back. Again, not sure where we're going here with any of this, but it sets up for tables, ladders, and chairs, I guess. Uh, we had a Nia Jackson at Tamining sighting. It was horrid, oh, so let's just move on. Garbage. It was absolutely brutal. Should have been cut. Yep. Like let's let's spend no more time on this. Uh, in the end, we have a solid match for the main event, and you got your very best out of Baron Corbin in this match. Rollins ends up defeating Baron Corbin to retain his WWE Intercontinental Championship. But I think the highlight of this, it was a good match. This was the best Baron Corbin has looked in a long time. We had a couple t- uh, table shots. Or we had a couple table spots, uh, some intense action, and it ended with a stare down between Uncle Dino and Seth Rollins. This, again, sets up for what looks to be a very good tables, ladders, and chairs match on Sunday. This one goes in the hopper for match of the week as all because, like I said, Baron Corbin looked very good in this match. Seth Rollins did a very good job as well. An underrated notion was the turn from Heath Slater. I yes. like the fact that he kind of got in the mix there, pushed Seth Rollins off, and you kind of go, oh my goodness. I think they could have maybe paid it off by having Baron Corbin win. That would have made it really awesome and surprising as well because the way they played it up is that uh, throughout the show is that the friends of Baron Corbin got the advantage throughout the whole show. The likes of Bobby Lashley, who had his way with Elias during the match. Leo Rush was taking on Elias, and all of a sudden Elias was getting the momentum, about to win the match, and all of a sudden Bobby Lashley strolls in, and Heath Slater's kind of allowing it, confused a little bit. Bobby Lashley walks over and kind of points to him, and kind of you kind of starting to get the notion that, wait a minute, does this is Heath Slater paid off? Does this feel like it has a little bit of an NWO feel to it, where they had their own referee? Yeah, they had their own referee and things like that. And, and so. they would always get the win because of the referee. It, it kind of it's kind of what it feels like here, but Heath Slater doesn't want to be in this spot. Heath right. Slater is a face, but he has to fight himself. You're right; that was totally underrated, and that was probably one of the better parts of this match. It, I, this was a, this was again an outstanding match. Outstanding match, I think, five star quality. And like I said, people are starting to question, like, okay, what are you doing with Seth Rollins because of the fact that you could maybe make him a main eventer, you could make him the star of the show. Uh, some people are Does disappointed it with. Feel like we're gonna get. Brock Lesnar, Seth Rollins, yeah. maybe at WrestleMania? Yeah, but what people are, are clamoring for is a little bit better from the feud between Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose. I mm-hmm. think people want more, and they're a little bit underwhelmed it's with the way— because they haven't touched yet. Yeah, exactly. And so— You're going to get that this Sunday. Yeah, and I just think that people want—but when you see this kind of feud, you would think that there's kind of like the mega powers breaking up kind mm-hmm. of quality to this, and it's kind of been underwhelming so far. But I do think this Sunday— They've worked together. They always put on good matches. It's going to be quality. Yeah. One of the matches I want to see for sure. And I think uh, having a, a quality main event with the crowd into it, hyped, the one critique I think people had was you didn't really need to go 20 minutes. Um, yeah, you didn't. You definitely didn't. 15, have. and I'm liking and loving 
loving the fact that I know Raw ends at 11. So you kind of know when there's the crescendo and what's going to happen. So keep it up. I like the way the show ended. Raw was a lot better than in weeks past, but you got to find ways to deal with the toxic and the garbage that's been put out too in some of the bad matches and, Mm -hmm. and bad angles that have been established. Totally agree with you. Now we fast forward less than 24 hours later. We have SmackDown. We open with Daniel Bryan in the ring. He's getting heavily booed. This was so weird to see because forever in a day now, Daniel Bryan has come out and he has been cheered. He's been one of the most cheered WWE superstars. He is getting booed so heavily. It was absolutely nuts. He played it off beautifully. He did. Did a great job. Great job. He he cut a promo on the fans calling them idiots and comparing them to parasites. This goes on for about nine minutes until Mustafa Ali comes out and saves everybody from Daniel Bryan. I thought that was cool. I thought I was like, okay, you know what? Interesting matchup to have one of the up-and-comers from 205 Live take on uh, an established member of uh, SmackDown. I thought it was good. I thought it was awesome, too. Because Mustafa Ali, if you have not seen him, you need to check him out. He is exceptional in the ring. He is phenomenal, and he's very good on the microphone as well. Bryan tells Ali that they are too similar and don't need to wrestle this because the fans don't deserve to see them. They just don't deserve us. This leads to two slaps from Bryant. Yeah, it happened because he asked uh, Mustafa Ali, what kind of car do you drive? And that would have been funny if he would have made some kind of reference like a Cadillac or something like that, but he just said an SUV. An SUV. And then he he tells him you're a small man. You're a small man. You don't need to drive that SUV. And then smacks him twice. Exactly. Uh, They start rumbling from there. The match gets underway. I thought this was a very good match. Uh, Look, again, Mustafa Ali is supreme in the ring. He's a high flyer. Uh, He did a Spanish fly off the top rope, which was insane to watch. It it was totally awesome. In the end, Daniel Bryan forces Mustafa Ali to tap out. And then after the match, Bryan continues his assault on Ali on the ramp. This this was great for for a couple different reasons. You got to see Mustafa Ali go head-to-head with one of the big boys. And they told a very good story, both in the ring and on the mic. And then you got Daniel Bryan continuing his character development by assaulting Mustafa Ali on the ramp and just being so vicious with it. This was this was another very, very good match. This, too, goes in the hopper for match of the week. So, so far, so far it's been a very good week. Very, very good week. From this, we get a rap battle between the bar and the Usos. And it was as good as you think it was. The bar was very questionable, but the Usos saved this whole bit. Exactly. The Usos did a very good job. This ends up breaking down into some chaos as... The three teams uh, uh, end up battling each other, and the third team was the the New Day, who was there to to MC the whole thing. It was weird. Watch it. You'll laugh. Uh, the Miz brings Shane McMahon down and ends up setting Shane up. Shane has to ends, ends up fighting two jobbers, and Shane destroys them. It was cool. It was what it was. Miz is still pushing Shane McMahon. This story is still continuing. I'm not sure where we're going with it. I have an idea, but I just I don't know. Uh, we then get a Randy Orton promo where he's holding a steel chair and he's talking about how he's going to damage Rey Mysterio until Rey Mysterio comes from out of nowhere, sneak attack on Randy Orton by smacking the living crap out of him with a chair. We get a 619. This was a pretty solid, pretty solid setup for their uh, chair match at TLC. We get a tag match with Jeff Hardy and Rusev for Samoa Joe and Nakamura. I thought this was a solid match. I thought this was very good. Uh, it ends with Rusev hitting Nakamura with a Machka kick. Again, solid match. You have two guys, or you have four guys who are great individual competitors, and they're telling a story inside the ring to help further their stories along. So I thought this worked out really, really well. In the end, we have a main event that was Asuka for Charlotte 
with Becky looking exceptional at ringside. This was a good, it was a physical match. At times, it was very sloppy, though. And I don't know if it was just timing or or if it was just maybe maybe just the competitor. At, at one point, Asuka was drug over to the ring post, and Charlotte took her leg and slammed it off the ring post. Now, this was her left leg. She gets back up, and she's running around just fine. Next thing you know, she's selling that the right leg is hurt. And I was yeah. like, what the hell are we doing here? Like, like, come on. So that stuff right there bothers me, especially when I'm watching a wrestling match. Like, you need to know what you have to sell. So Asuka did a very poor job here. This match ends when Charlotte gets DQ'd for using a kendo stick on Asuka. Becky and Charlotte exchange words as Charlotte or as Becky is getting ready to leave the ring. Charlotte attacks her, attacks Becky's knee with the kendo stick. Charlotte goes back to work on Asuka. At this point, Becky's back up and she takes out Charlotte. All hell ends up breaking loose as you have a deranged Asuka who starts wielding the kendo stick and she starts beating the hell out of both Becky and Charlotte. In the end, Asuka stands tall. I thought SmackDown was very, very good. I thought it had a lot of good qualities to it. This match right here has me so invested in what's going to take place on Sunday. And I feel bad because it does not get to go into the hopper for match of the week. But it was a very, very good match. A little bit sloppy, like I said. And that's what really takes it out of contention with those other three matches that we have in the hopper right now. What did you make of all this? Yeah, I thought exactly the same way you did. I was kind of wondering how they would handle uh, Asuka versus Charlotte. They played it up as a WrestleMania rematch. It was a decent match, but like you said, I kind of had a feeling like, okay, there's probably going to be something that's kind of a swerve maybe with the man or anything like that. And so I thought overall SmackDown definitely moved the storylines along with TLC. I'm excited for a lot of the matchups. Obviously, I'm definitely thrilled to see Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles in, in a matchup. But it kind of the way things are shaking up with how the matches are going, I just don't see a lot of real title changes happening because a lot of the title holders are new. And so you look at it and you go, okay, you know what? In terms of what's going to happen in storyline, it's going to be real tough to predict. But I like the fact that in, in terms of getting me interested, SmackDown did a better job than, than Raw did in terms of building up interest in terms of what's going to happen. I agree 110%. Do you have any concern? Because there's rumor out there and there's speculation and innuendo that Becky might not be able to compete at TLC because her nasal fracture hasn't fully healed yet. If they don't, then you'll realize probably they'll do something behind the scenes where mm-hmm. maybe Charlotte does something or another woman attacks the man and build up the next storyline. If it can't happen, it'll be a major disappointment, but I don't think they continue to advertise. They wouldn't have had the man come out if, if she wasn't going to wrestle. This, this is the thing, because I've seen this happen before with a broken nose, right? My wife had her nose broken in a, in a soccer game. Uh, where some dude headbutted her face and, and cracked her skull and busted her face open, busted her nose. So she had to have surgery, fixed it, and then it ended up shifting. So then she had to have nasal surgery again to help reset it. So it's nothing to mess with, right? I could see Becky coming out there. And do you remember when Rip Hamilton, and for all you Detroit basketball fans out there, when Rip Hamilton had his broken nose and he had to wear that mask and then he went on to wear the mask forever? I could see her coming out. She's a candidate for a mask. I'm just saying, if she's going to wrestle and the nasal fracture isn't fully healed, I could see them doing that with her because I've seen wrestlers wrestle with it before. It's uncomfortable. It's not great, but it will protect that nose or give it some protection. And this is going to be a very physical match. You know, this is a this is a TLC match. Yeah, you might have so to. I could see that happening if she's going to get in the ring. Even if she doesn't need it, it might be behoove her to just wear it just for precaution. That's kind of where I'm at with it. Yeah, just like do if it. you're going to wrestle, just protect yourself. Why risk it? Which show was better for you? What was it SmackDown? Because for me, it was SmackDown. It's more concise. By far. Yep. Got me more interested, more intrigued. 
Yes. SmackDown continues its dominance with an 11-point lead, 37.5 to 26.5. That's the verdict for my match of the week. Man, some really good matches. All three of those matches that are in the hopper right now are, are awesome. Absolutely awesome. I, it, for me, it comes down to Drew McIntyre, Dolph Ziggler, just because of what Dolph Ziggler was able to do in that match and the Mustafa Ali-Daniel Bryan match because you had the character development of Daniel Bryan and you got to see Mustafa Ali go head-to-head, like I said, with one of the best in the business. I'm going to give it to Daniel Bryan and Mustafa Ali just because I like the way it continues Daniel Bryan's character and I like that we got to see Ali. You got to see him come up, and he. A lot of times, you have to realize these two hundred five, two hundred five live guys. They don't can compete. Get, they don't get enough push, but though. they can compete. They can compete. They don't get enough push, and and they get relegated to only the two, two uh, the two hundred and five pound division. But they can come up and they can handle and, and and work with guys like a Daniel Bryant. And I thought this was awesome. I thought Mustafa Ali was exceptional in this role, and hopefully, big things for him to come. All right, let's get into the predictions. This is a huge card. When I was putting this together in the like, run, holy cow, how many matches are there? I was like, how the hell are they going to get all these matches in? I have no idea how the hell they're going to get all these matches in. It, it's supposed to be a four-hour show, right? Ooh, I don't know. It starts it, seven or eight, I, but I, wow. I, I, think, it. I think it starts at seven. Oh, boy. And if we're going to go till 11, you're going to be using up all this time. We might <laughs> get like a three-hour pre-show. Where it's, <laughs> right. I have no idea how we get all these matches in there. All right, let's start with the WWE Championship match. All right, Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles. It's kind of easy to decide this one. Daniel Bryan's going to win this match. How will be the intrigue? Um, I think it'll be a quality five-star match. I think it could be a match of the year candidate. These guys definitely know how to put on a show, and I just, I'm just i kind of curious how they're going to end it, so I'm not going to predict it because I think there's a lot of ways they can go with it with interference. He could DQ. He could uh, do something outside. I'm not sure, but in the end, Daniel Bryan will get the victory, and he'll get the W. He'll retain the title. Yeah, um, I agree with you. Daniel Bryan wins this. No confirmation on whether or not AJ Styles has signed a new contract. So why would you take a belt off of a guy who you're building up right now for a guy who might not be there come January? It doesn't make sense to me. Uh, Seth Rollins defending his WWE Intercontinental Championship against Dean Ambrose. This one's tough. It is tough. Because of the fact you're pushing a new guy in Dean Ambrose, you would think the direction would be to take the belt off of Seth Rollins. I think I'll go there because there's got to be some title changes on a pay-per-view, and I think the direction would be to have the heel finally overcome the face. So give me Dean Ambrose to win clean and become the new WWE Intercontinental Champion. I think it'll give the feud a little bit more fire. If you don't, I don't see how the feud can continue. It just doesn't make any sense. You got to have the heel take care of some business. So give me a new title holder, Dean Ambrose. We just talked about how it might be Seth Rollins, Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. Seth Rollins in his opening promo this week was taking shots at Brock Lesnar. I think Dean Ambrose takes the, the Intercontinental Championship off of Seth Rollins. That way it frees up Seth Rollins to be able to go and, and compete against a guy like Brock, Brock Lesnar. So I'm right there with you. I think Dean Ambrose wins this. TLC triple threat match for the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship. I don't want to see Becky Lynch lose this title. I don't think Becky Lynch loses this title. I'm going to say Becky Lynch retains her belt, 
and wins this. No doubt about it. I mean, she's the hottest right now wrestler in the world. She's showing up on big-time MMA shows. She's doing all the promos. She's got a lot of media obligations. She's it, and she's being widely recognized as being the man. And so the man wins it. She takes it down in what probably will be an epic match. Maybe one of the first times a woman goes up to the top of the ladder and jumps off and does some wild-ass Jeff Hardy shit. Could be. In a match that I don't think anybody's interested in, <laughs> Ronda Rousey versus Nia Jax. I, I got you penciled in for Ronda Rousey. I'm penciled in for Ronda yeah. Rousey. I don't want to see this match. I don't care to see this match. If I this, can't stand seeing Nia Jax. If this gets anywhere near a three-star out of five or a six out of That's ten. That's a win all day, huh? Follow along with Detroit Podcast. I'll be giving stars or maybe some new variation of a rating during pay-per-views and things like that, and you can agree or disagree and things like that. But follow along at Detroit Podcast. Yeah, this one has a low, low, low ceiling and... I don't even know how this is going to be play out. This could be this, one of the this matches. This could be your pre-show. It could be a five-minute match and be done with it. Think it'd be your pre-show? <laughs> no, no, you can't. no. Ronda's, mo- Ronda's money. You Ronda don't, you don't put her money. on the pre-show. That's right. Ronda is money. Uh, triple threat for the WWE SmackDown Tag Team Championship. You've got the Bard defending against the Usos and the New Day. Do we have a title change here? It seems like you would um, because the belt changes hands quite a bit, but... In this situation, this could be chaotic. This could be a, a match that doesn't finish. Um, give me the bar to retain, and I'll ask for a bonus if the match ends up being a no contest. If it's all, you know, something that the, the match goes out all over the place, there's no, uh, no finisher, and just all of a sudden the bar wins and things like that with no finish. But I think the bar retains. All right. So I've got you in there for your no contest bonus. I'm going to say the Usos win. I, Usos. I, I don't know why. I just I feel like they do really, really good work. I'm going to go with the Usos here. Okay. Braun Strowman versus general manager-elect Baron Corbin. Mind you, Braun Strowman has been sidelined due to elbow injury uh, that he suffered. In the storyline, they had uh, uh, Baron Corbin and they had Drew McIntyre take him out and, and damage his elbow. In reality, he has some bone chips and he has some bone spurs in his elbow, so they cleaned all that up. Physically, I believe he could go. He showed a picture on his Instagram the other day. His elbow is purple. When I say purple, it is purple like my Planet Fitness shirt I have on. All right? It is brutal looking. But the way I see this going on, all right? Mind you, there's a stipulation here. Strowman earns a Royal Rumble title shot from WWE Universal Champion Brock Lesnar. If he wins, Corbin will be the permanent Raw General Manager if he wins, but will lose all authority if he loses. So there's your stipulation for this match. I see this being, because the card is so jam-packed, I see Strowman making a surprise appearance. I see this being a two to three, maybe four-minute match where... Destruction. Yeah, Baron Corbin gets slammed through a table. And I think Braun Strowman wins this. Yep, give me Braun Strowman. I don't see another scenario in which um, I think it's a perfect time now to relieve Baron Corbin of his duties. Somebody else could handle the duties and be much more effective for the shows. The WWE Cruiserweight Championship match where Buddy Murphy will defend his title against Cedric Alexander. Does Cedric Alexander finally take the belt off of Buddy Murphy? Oh, Buddy Murphy's having a great year. I don't think so. I just think that's going to be another great match. A lot of uh, false finishes, but give me Buddy Murphy to retain. I'm going with Buddy Murphy as well. Have we been, though? so so far, the only difference that we have is the tag match. Is the tag match, the Usos and the bar. Interesting. Very, very interesting. Um, we've got a chair match. That's Rey Mysterio versus Randy Orton. Who wins this? 
So you got the epic heel on Randy Orton. You got Rey Mysterio returning. I just don't see how you sell Rey Mysterio coming back and defeating Randy Orton. So give me Randy Orton and uh, give me an opportunity for some destruction. I think he's going to do some heel-type stuff, and uh, Randy Orton takes it down. Yeah, I've got Randy Orton as well. Uh, I penciled Randy Orton in just before you made your selection. I don't know how Rey Mysterio wins this. I don't know how you sell that. I'm, I'm not sure. I think there's more money to be made with Randy Orton going over in this match. So we've got our Mixed Match Challenge Season 2 finale. That's going to take place on this. This is probably your pre-show match. Jinder Mahal and Alicia Fox versus R-Truth and Carmilla. Anybody care about this? No. Nobody. Dance break, and I think R-Truth takes it down. I think it's perfect for them. That's exactly where they're at. And it's interesting with Carmella, too, because a lot of fans are chirping like, dude, look where you've been, you know, WWE champion, women's, and now you're kind of rolling around with R-Truth. And she's like, look, this is how WWE works. I'm on the show dancing every week, so it's all good. So give her a chance to dance. Do your thing. So Carmella and R-Truth, give them a title because Carmella and R-Truth, give them a recognition because at this point in time for R-Truth, what has he got left? He's been in the ring so long with so little accolades. Just give him the mixed match. Just give him the mixed match challenge championship. Good for him. Yeah, I think R-Truth and Carmella win this. Uh, I don't know how... Ginger Mahal and Alicia Fox no. got there? I, I don't know, but... Eventually, on some of these shows. Uh, yeah. And then you know what, WWE? Just cancel it. It's not that interesting. It's not that interesting. I don't think anybody's watching. Like When, <laughs> I'm, when we came into the studio to record this, I was like, do you know who won this? And <laughs> no. you were like, no. I was like, cool, I'll Google it real quick. So yeah, no clue. Uh, Finn Balor versus uh, Drew McIntyre. Now, Finn Balor is dealing with an injury. Uh, I'm not sure how serious it is. We're going to talk about it. Actually, we're, I'm going to give you the update that I was going to give you in the in the news notes segment here. Um, dealing with an injury, he had to miss all of the house show and the live events this past weekend when they're in Buenos Aires. On top of all that, he was pulled from Raw. So he is dealing with a little bit of an injury. Who wins this match if Finn Balor even wrestles in it? It's got to be Drew McIntyre. I mean, this guy is getting pushed to the moon. He's got to establish himself. Now, there is a little bit of uh, clamoring that maybe the demon shows up at this one. Now, if the demon shows up, I don't know how you have him lose. All bets are off, right? Right, but I just don't think you bring out the demon for a guy that's hurt. Maybe, you know, as an effort, but do you have the demon lose? No, so why would you do it? So give me Drew McIntyre. Yeah, I got Drew McIntyre winning this too. Demon or no demon? No demon. No demon, yeah, I think so too. If there's a follow-up match, maybe you get demon. Yep. Uh, Elias versus Bobby Lashley. Who wins this? <laughs> you know what, Elias? I yeah. think that's pretty straightforward. Bobby Lashley, I think, was brought in as an enhancement, really an upper echelon enhancement talent. Um, I like his gimmick now with you know his little manager and things like that. It's good. Uh, Leo Rush is funny, but I don't see him winning it. Elias deserves to win this match. Yeah, I've got Elias winning it as well. A tables match. Natalia versus Ruby Riot. Oh hell no! There's no chance that Ruby Riot puts a picture of a. Natalia's dad on a table and doesn't go through it. No way. Ruby Riot. Really? Yeah, Ruby Riot's going to lose. I think that she added fuel to the fire. Now, if they do that, where they have Natalia go through her dad at a table, that would be pimp. That's what they should do. But <laughs> That would be pimp. I haven't heard you say that. That'd be ever. pimp. That, that's what they should do. They should have Natalia go through the table with their dad. That'd be really epically awesome. I would, I would pop for that. But I think it's enough motivation to give Natalia the win, and uh, I think it's an opportunity to continue to... Uh, Help her heal, and, and, and if you bring it up, I don't see how Ruby Wright wins it. I've got Ruby Wright winning this. I, okay. I, I think there's more money to be made with her than with mm-hmm. Natalia. She is exceptional on the mic. She's exceptional in the ring. I don't know why she's rolling around with the two jabrones that she rolls around with. Wow. Ruby Riot all day long. She will be a future women's champion. She needs to be. She deserves to be. She is awesome. 
Uh, just uh, to touch on it, on the calling the card, I lead you seven and a half to mm. six. I think you're going to win this one. I think I, I don't know. Mm. I don't know. I, I, mean, I need the, t- the tag I, match is going to be epic. That's what's going to determine yeah. it because I need that. It'll be I need the tag match in, in the Ruby Natalia, Riot. Ruby Riot. Yeah. Th- those are the only two picks that we differ. All right, here we Would go. Would you like some news and notes? Hit me with this week's pro wrestling news and notes. So Bray Wyatt, Matt Hardy may be coming back as a tag team. If you remember, uh, both Bray and Matt, they, they, they separated. Matt Hardy had to take some time off because his back and his spine was beginning to fuse with his pelvis. Bray Wyatt was involved in a bad car accident. They have both been on Twitter posting some Twitter activity pointing out that they may be coming back as a duo again. Um, again, Matt had a long post explaining how he and Bray both needed some time off while Bray basically deleted everything but one post. So if you're interested, go check out Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt's Twitter. You can read into it what you'd like. Uh, Big Cass collapsed and had a seizure at a House of Hardcore event this weekend. Uh, A very disturbing video. You can go find it on the internet. Tommy Dreamer, after all of this took place, posted that there was no no drugs or alcohol involved. He just, just had a seizure. He's fine. He's resting now. Uh, Big Cass will be okay, but very, very scary stuff. Cody Rhodes turned down WWE, turned down a WWE return. They made him an offer a few weeks ago. He said, you know what? I'm good. So it seems as though he really likes the freedom that he has wrestling on the indie scene. And again, you have to remember, it seems as though he's pushing to challenge WWE with his own wrestling organization headed up by the cons. I think it's an indictment on WWE because of the fact that if you're a wrestler on the indie scene and you're made assurances that you're going to get a push or anything like that, how would you believe it? Because look at guys like Elias. Look at guys like Finn Balor. Those guys should be superstars, and they're misused. I just think that right now the prevailing attitude among indie wrestlers is that, ooh, I, I basically would have to do it for the money. And basically right. you're sacrificing your control of your career, and you're not going to be over. Like, look, a guy like Cody Rhodes right now is over. He can work limited dates with big-time money, and you got enough leverage now to put on shows yourself. You're not only the talent, but you're now the boss. Forget it. Stay away from WWE. You made your money. If he came back, I would have to have control, at least 80% input into what's going to go on, and he'd have to have a stable, and he'd have to have titles, and it'd be great maybe like uh, a stable with him. Uh, Bobby Roode and AJ Styles, or something along Ooh, those that'd lines. Be sweet. That'd be sweet. Uh, you know, give him a good stable or rebuild uh, the club in, in that in that faction too. So I don't, I just don't think he needs it. So WWE needs Cody Rhodes way more than Rhodes needs WWE. And that's I what's happening. I agree with you, hundred percent, hundred and ten percent. So Ric Flair is reportedly cleared to get back in the ring and take a bump. <laughs> oh, good. Does for anybody him. want to see this? No, no, not at all. Move on from. However. That. Dick wrestler Joey Ryan. Oh. You've ever checked out Joey Ryan's work? He's got a move where he uses his penis to flip you over. <laughs> he wants to get in the ring with Ric Flair. And he says if there's a promoter out there who will set this up, he will perform for free. I don't want to see this match at all, ever. Not on my worst day, not on their best day. I don't want to see no. this ever. Nope, nope. All right, so the Royal Rumble was supposed to be won by The Rock. Oh. So, so some some news here. Right? It was supposed to be one storyline changes. Oh. Yes. Scrapping everything, tearing it all down to try to build it up again one week at a time. Nobody has any idea what's going on because we have no long-term booking. But the Royal Rumble was supposed to be won by The Rock. He was then supposed to challenge Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 35. 
Roman was sidelined. So now we might get The Brock and Rock at WrestleMania 35. Ooh. Are you interested in seeing this? Mind you, The Rock has always wanted to work with Brock Lesnar in Ooh. this capacity at this event. Have they ever been in the ring together? No. Dream match. I'm in. You're I'm in? down. Yes. You like that? The promos could be good. The stare downs could be epic. You have to have The Rock over, though. You have to have The well, Rock at the rub. This is the thing, right? The Rock was going to come in and do the job to help put Roman Reigns over. Yeah. The thought process was yeah. the the Rock giving the rub to Reigns so the crowd finally accepts mm-hmm. him. I think leukemia is going to do yeah. more for, for Roman Reigns than yeah. the Rock ever could. Yeah. Um, I, I don't, me personally, I don't necessarily want to see this match. Okay. But I do like The Rock. Yeah. I enjoy The Rock. And if The Rock was to beat Brock... Mm. I'm cool with that all day long. Nice. How many times can we rhyme rock and rock together? (laughs) Rock and rock, baby. (laughs) All right. WWE is kicking around an idea of an all-woman's pay-per-view called Queen of the Ring. This will set up much like King of the Ring. I find this to be very interesting. It seems as though every year WWE will do a push to do at least one all-woman's pay-per-view. Okay, I like Queen of the Ring. I think it gives the other women a chance to have some good matches and things they like that. They've got to have a crown, they've got to yep. have a, a, a robe, and Queen they've got to the have Ring. a scepter. Exactly. I'm down for I'm, it. I'm all about it. I'm all about it, too. Good uh, stuff, sir. As we had mentioned earlier, Finn Balor is dealing with that injury. Not yeah. sure how this is going to impact tables, ladders, and chairs. TLC will be interesting to see who shows up with injuries to Finn Balor, with injuries to the man. It'll be interesting to see how these injuries affect the matches and things like that. With, uh, Like you said, with Braun Strowman as well, it'll be interesting to see how these matches take place, especially with you know wrestlers working with some nicks and cuts and injuries. You know, it's weird because... I feel like WWE tries really, really hard to do long-term booking, and things happen, but it's because they work such a chaotic, frantic schedule that these guys end up getting injuries, and they don't ever are allowed the time to recover. You know, if WWE just dialed it back a little bit, I know all the wrestlers, I know they love the house shows, at least the majority of them. I think Randy Orton's like one of the only ones who hates doing the house shows. The house shows are great because you get to try new stuff, you get to try new things, you don't need, this is what we talk about all the time, you don't need to see the same set of wrestlers every single week. You don't need them to be on screen. You just don't. That, that's why Brock Lesnar, as much as I hate seeing Brock Lesnar, and as much as I hate his matches, I'm still drawn in, and I still watch to see what happens with Brock. Because Brock Lesnar is never there. He's never there. So when he comes out, it feels special. It feels really, really special. And you could do this, and you could save some of these wrestlers' bodies. You could save their time. You could save their energy. And they could feel much more special if you just didn't put them on every single freaking week. Yes, sir. Great podcast recording. I'm looking forward to TLC. Looking forward to taking down the victory in the challenge. All is good. I love doing this wrestling podcast. Quick news. The Wrestling Perspective podcast can now be heard here on the airwaves here on the Detroit Sports Podcast Network. Dennis Farrell and the network have a great relationship. Definitely check out Dennis. He's got the Wrestling Perspective show going to be airing nationally in 80 radio markets and also with the affiliates at SB Nation. Great job there by Petey Williams and Dennis Farrell. Check out WrestlingPerspectivePodcast.com for all the news and notes regarding Dennis and Petey. And... As always, support those who support us. The Breaking Down the Ring podcast airs every single Wednesday on the Podcast Detroit platform. Also doing Periscopes, so you can check in on Mikey and the crew live as they're recording from the Podcast Detroit studios. They do great work. All their stuff is under the umbrella at BDRCast on social media. Great supporters of us, and we love Mikey and the crew there. The most inappropriate wrestling podcast, Breaking Down the Ring. 
every Wednesday. Check them out. Good job, sir. I look forward to recapping next week what's going on in the world of wrestling. Stay tuned. Bobby Roode, or... Bobby Rose. <laughs> yep. What do I have here? You put Bobby Rose. Bobby Rose. Bobby Rose. <laughs> what is this? Cody Rose. So, yeah. 